opportunity again to worship together and fellowship this morning. You know, the worship team prays and prepares, and, and it's so good when we get into the presence of the Lord. We've been exploring over the last few weeks, really discovering God's love for us. Specifically, in the relationship as his children. Not just the love of the Father, but the love of Daddy, the love of Abba. We've looked a few weeks ago at the book of John and encouraged all the life groups to go through there over the next few weeks. Just read the last discourse, John chapter 14, 15, 16. Uh, just looking for those things that Jesus was trying to teach us about the love of the Father and the relationship with God, about abiding we talked about that last evening with his disciples as they broke bread last week as we had communion and Jesus broke bread with his disciples. And that time that Jesus took just one more opportunity to reveal the Father heart of God to his disciples, helping them to see how much God really does love us. Oh, that incredible, deep, profound love of God. Turn with me to Ephesians chapter 3. Starting in verse 14. For this reason, I kneel before the Father, from whom his whole family in heaven and on earth derives its name. I pray that out of his glorious riches, he may strengthen you with power through his spirit in your inner being, so that Christ may dwell in your hearts through faith. And I pray that you, being rooted and established in love, may have power, together with all the saints, to grasp how wide and long and high and deep is the love of Christ, and to know this love that surpasses knowledge. I'm sorry, I skipped ahead. Um, But this journey that we're on to know His love is is so profound, because we need to, to... fully, fully know God as God knows us. And in that passage, it says, grasp, grasp. And it just doesn't mean to grab on, but it means to comprehend and to apprehend. In the Greek, the word means both, not just to understand or grasp. And that's why in some of your versions, you probably have, some of you have comprehend, some of you have grasp, you have different words, because it's a combination (laughs) of both. It means to comprehend, but also to apprehend, to perceive and obtain at the same time. It gives us a clear picture that in order to have this love, we must understand it. And right there, we we have pause for a moment because we know that God loves us, so we believe, therefore, we have His love. But unless we understand the depth of His love, we're missing out on part of His love. Not from His side but on our side in receiving it and walking in it, being healed by it. God's love doesn't do its full potential in us until we comprehend it and then we'll attain it. Then we can know, as it says after the word grasp, it says then we'll know. And that word is is the intimate form of knowing. It's not a head knowledge, no, but it's a personal knowledge then we'll know this love that 
surpasses knowledge. See, that's the proof there that the knowledge isn't just here. Knowing it isn't just here. We'll know the love that passes this type of knowledge. We'll know it intimately. We'll know it personally. So we have to understand it before we can know it. And that's the journey we've been on. God, give us the power to grasp it and know. And did you see that in the Scripture? It says, give us the power. We can't even know and understand this love outside of getting the power from God to understand His love for us. We can't sit idly by. We can't just read the Scriptures without the empowerment of the life of God and the Spirit of God revealing His love through the Scriptures to us, spending time intimately with God to know personally the love of God. God grant us each in this room power to know it more than we do. I've had a lot of conversations this week and it seems it's just resonating. We really need to know the love of the Father. Last night, we even had just, a, Matthew had a few friends over and, and at the end, there happened to be on the computer, they had been listening to a, a Christian music video and one of the lyrics in there said something about God is my homie. <laughs> And, you know, we're, we're dealing with youth. And so I, I says, can, can, can God be your homie? And two response, just it was just kind of a silly thing. Two responses quickly came up. One says, that's what I call God because I don't like the picture of dad, of a father. Anyway, unsolicited, it wasn't going to be deep. It was just kind of a silly, God is my homie. So I tell everyone that God is my homie because I understand that as a, a, a closer relationship and a better relationship than what I understand as a father. The other answer was, oh no, you can't say that about God. It was too, it was too, uh, too familiar to what you would do with your friends. And, but she says, but I, I don't have a good view of what the father looks like either. Would we admit that most of us are just 40, 50, 60-year-old teenagers who would say the exact same thing, looking for ways to explain God because the Father isn't exactly the right relationship, though some of us perceive Him in the wrong way. And that's that incredible journey that we need to continue on. Keep pressing in to know the Father, to know Abba, to know Daddy. This morning, we're going to look and another way that God chooses to show us His love, to experience His love for us, which I believe is, is really remarkable. God chose His body, the church, you and I, to be a representation of God's love to each other and to the world. And I think, God, what were you thinking? <laughs> he, he wants us to represent what His love for the world is. We need the power of God to do that. I need the power of God to understand that because I'm so, I'm so frail. At times I can be so selfish. I don't like to think of myself that way, but I, I look at some of my actions and the things that happen in my life and I'm just, just so selfish. How can I be ex expected to be an example of God love, God's love? And He doesn't expect us to do it on our own. He doesn't expect us to go off and just be an example to people of God's love on our own and yet, unfortunately, we do it so many days, so many times. We just muster up the love and try to be nice. Put on the happy face. But we need the power of God. We need to be transformed from the inside out. We need, as Pastor Jeff was talking about, to experience God's presence before we're out in public. 
knowing that love so we can just bypass it. Just give it, oh, not bypass it, to pass it along as God loves us to, to just allow that love to flow on. Let's go to Romans chapter 12 for just a moment. For we, starting in verse 4, Romans chapter 12. For we, for as we have many members in the body, but all the members do not have the same function. So we, being many, are one body in Christ and individually members of one another. Having then gifts differing according to the grace that is given us, let us use them. If prophecy, let us prophesy in proportion to our faith. Or ministry, let us use it in our ministering. He who teaches in teaching, he who exhorts in exhortations, he who gives with liberality, he who leads with diligence, he who shows mercy with cheerfulness. Right here we're introduced to an, a new concept for the morning of the body, that we are part of the body of Christ. And that's a, a, a new relationship. And God, throughout the scriptures, he gives us different examples of what the, the church is, of what we are as his believers. We're referred to as the body of Christ there. We're referred to as the family of God. We're referred to as the army. We're referred to as a flock. And he calls us the church, which means the called forth ones. These are groups of people. He, he looks at us as a group of people that have relationship with one another, that work together with one another. All of these things, the, the idea of the I'm an army of one doesn't work unless you're part of the rest of the army. We're part of the body of Christ. And God didn't expect, nor did he ever desire that we would leave independent lives. And yet that's what we have in our culture. We are probably the most independent nation in the world. We, we're radical individualists. We're rugged individuals. We celebrate that. And yet the scriptures speak about us being a body, a family, an army, knit together. We're supposed to be joined together. So we have the universal church of which we're all a part of, and that's believers worldwide. We're all part of that ecclesia. And as you read the scriptures, most of the time it's not talking about the universal church. But we know that we're part of the church of God, all of us. And it's a wonderful feeling and knowledge that, that you could go to any part of the world, and because of Christ, you'd find fellowship with somebody. And, and, and to, to think that you could show up in a foreign country and just based on the, your belief in Jesus that you would be found and somebody would take you in and be part of the body of Christ. If, it, if you've ever traveled on a missions trip and received love from another country of people who don't even speak the same language, you really understand what I'm talking about. No common bond except that of Christ. That's part of the universal body of Christ. We're part of that. But on top of that, God has established us and wants to establish us into the local body, into the local church. He desires each person to be connected to the local church. He doesn't want us to live our Christianity isolated, but that we would be connected just as Romans says, that we're part of the body, held together. 
that we need to bring our gifts to one another. And every one of us has a distinct role and a distinct purpose to being part of the body of Christ. But none of us in here have all of the gifts and all of the abilities that are needed for life and a full life in Christ. God placed His church into local bodies. And, and one of this is, is Big Bear Christian Center here. We're part of the local body. And, you know, what, what's the purpose of, of being joined together? There's a few things. I'm just going to hit a few as we go on. And there's a purpose for this message this morning. We'll get to uh, towards the end here. But one of the purposes of the local body is to bring different parts of the body together. As we join together in a group like this, different giftings show up. And each gift is important. We need, to be, we, we, we need to benefit from the giftings of other people. You might have a gift of prophecy as we did this morning, a, a gift of giving, administration, healing, encouragement. Some of you right now, when I say the word encouragement, just close your eyes and think, who is that? And you'll begin to find a few people that you know, if you've been here long enough and if you're connecting to the body here, you'll know some people that you say, they're just a great encourager. You know, Susan Stoppenbrink is a great encourager. You know, Gary's got a great gift of encouragement. Different people. And we need these gifts working together. Because some of our gifts are just cynicism. <laughs> sarcasm. You know, there's a time for sarcasm. It's one of my gifts. But it's, it's, it's not always the right gift. So we put, the, the body has to come together so that we see those other sides. You know, you might be one of those realists who need somebody who's an optimist to come in and show you that there's another way. You know, we're not benefited by those gifts when they stay at home. And you're not been benefited by the gifts that are gathered together in the local body if you're at home. And you can't receive the benefit of the giftings by watching it on TV. You're only going to get a couple. You're going to get a gift of teaching or preaching and exhortation. We need to, as often as possible, join together with parts of the body. Another reason, the purpose of the local body is to be challenged to grow, not just by the preaching and the teaching, though that's so important, to come and, and to be challenged and exhorted, but also by other believers. I love pre-service donuts, not just because I like them, but, but the coffee and donut time and then after service when people stay because you see little groups of people beginning to chit-chat and talk and every once in a while you walk by and you hear this deep conversation and there's challenging or exhorting going on or encouraging. That is so important. You know, come. Come early. Get to know people. Stay late. One of the reasons, one of the big reasons that we organize the local church, our local church, into life groups is so that these things can take place on a regular, consistent basis once a week, if not more, so that you'd be joining together with other believers and encouraging and exhorting one another. But I don't believe that even in a small group, all the gifts are there. It's very rare that you're going to find all the giftings in a small group. And so... We, we meet together there and we get together corporately here and occasionally we get all the local churches, as many will join in and do something together to be part of the local full body of Christ. We need to be challenged to grow. 
If it's up to us, we'll surround ourselves with people who think the same way as us, who feel similarly to us, and probably people that make us feel comfortable, not challenged. So it's important to get into a group that's going to actually rub you the wrong way a little bit and challenge you. Sometimes the challenge will just make you dig deeper into the Bible, into the Word of God, and say, no, I, I, what I believed is right. It's right here in the Scriptures. And it just helps you to know what you believe deeper. That's another reason for the body of Christ. Another purpose is to have the place where God would put the solitary into families, as he says in his word. Outside of the local body, it's really hard to get put into a family. As we come together, some will come from lonely places. And God desires you to be placed into a lonely family. And church, this is an exhortation. We need to be looking for those who really have no family. Don't just let them come and go, but let them be established and be part of a family. And we don't do that well enough. We do a great job, but sometimes people are slipping through the cracks. Let's be challenged and exhorted to say, no, let's, God is placing these, God is bringing people to put the solitary into families. Let's be that family of God here and let's be the family of God and, and through our life groups so we get together in the, in the middle of the week. Now the purpose of the local body is to be able to fulfill the commands of the script, some of the commands of scriptures. And, and why are there so many commands? God commands us. He wants us to love one another, to bear with one another, to forgive one another. He commands us these things. And why? It wasn't just because he was bored and wanted us to have something to do. I believe that we don't reach our potential outside of living according to all that Jesus sent out for us. You can't just take part of the Bible and say, I'm going to reach my potential doing this. But God, He gives us the entire Scriptures to help us to know, to sharpen us, to let us be full. And so we're not going to reach our potential if we're denying some of the things that Jesus would want from us. He does it for our good. As we're adults, we, I guess we still have to just accept that. Because our parents used to tell us that, didn't they? Just do it because I said so. And we're not bigger than, than God. And God is just saying, just do it because I said so. And every once in a while, thank God, we see the reason why. And we go, now I get it, God. There's a lot of times I can't, I can't convince my kids why they need to do it. Why do I need to brush my teeth with that? Just because of the germs and the da 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 That still doesn't matter. But they'll just do brush your teeth. And then they get older and they start liking girls. And girls don't like ugly, stinky breath. And they now go, there's a good reason for brushing my teeth. God wants us to reach our potential. And he knows what we need. One of the things we need is each other. Which is really weird if you look around the room and go, wow, I need you. I really, I need you. And I really do. We need each other. Thinking of the one another scriptures. So we have the local body here at Christian Center. Anyone can attend. Anyone can attend. We have celebrations Sunday mornings. We have life groups. We desire that everyone would be in a life group and live in that community life. That's when it gets a little bit more real. That's where we really can bear one another's burdens and share. Anyone can attend. Anyone can visit. But 
as, a lo- as part of our local body, there's another step, and we have membership. And this morning, we're going to be receiving some people as members in just a little while, those who've gone, th- been attending for a while, and they want to become a member of the church. And I want to say, first of all, that I don't believe that, that churches need to do membership. I don't think it's a requirement. I don't think you're not saved if you're not a member of a church. In fact, there are some good churches who don't do membership, and, and I think that they're okay. I want to get the, get the opinion that churches that, that don't do membership are wrong. But I, I want to tell you what, what I believe and why we're going to continue on having membership here. And it's not just so you can vote in two weeks. But if you're a member, you need to come in two weeks to vote, to approve the things. But that's not the reason. That's something the state of California has said as a corporation, we, we have a membership and that that membership comes together and we've written our bylaws and those are available to, to you if you want to read those and, and the annual meetings part of that. But so much even that happens in the annual meeting is so that we can hear the vision and, and rejoice with what happened last year and see what God's doing this coming year. But the reason we have membership here, membership is a sign of commitment. It's on the behalf of the member as well as the rest of the body. We're committing together in a covenant relationship. When you become a member of, the, of this church, when I talk to those who are members and those that are already members, we're committing to care for one another. All of us right now that are members, I want us to be the renewal of that, what it really means. We don't do that. Some churches have an annual renewal of, their, of the membership where they reaffirm their commitment. And let, that, let's, let's, let this be for us this morning. We're committing to care for one another. As a member, we're committing to be open for correction and encouragement. It's not just the same thing of being a member of Costco or being a member of a gym. You know, it's, it's not something like that. You know, I've got a Costco card in my wallet. All that means, if I, if I choose to go to Costco, I can shop there. That's all that membership lets me. It lets me get the discount and get cheap gas. It requires nothing more of me than to pay the fee every year. It's not a gym membership that says, well, you can go and pay $10 every time you work out, or you can get a gym membership and come and work out just whenever you want. There's a lot of memberships, and we need to strip all those away when we think of church membership and say, what does that mean to be a member of the body of Christ at Big Bear Christian Center? Because other churches have other reasons for being members. But for us, as a member of this body, we're raising the bar, so to speak. We're saying, this is my home. This is my local expression, my church. This is my family. It's, it's different. It's a step up. You know, there's numerous really good churches here in Big Bear. Not as good as this one. But they're pretty good. I should believe that. I should believe that. It's okay. They, they believe theirs is the best and they can be wrong. Oh. You know, I don't belong to those churches for, for lots of reasons. God brought me here and he planted me in this family in 1985. 
That's a long time ago. He connected me here. I visited a lot of churches. As a youth, as a youth, I attended three different youth groups, played worship at three or four different churches. This was my home. I tithed here. I was always here on Sunday morning. Calvary Chapel, I would go to their Saturday night. I couldn't get enough of God and the believers and the body, and I wanted everything. We didn't have a Saturday night service, so every Saturday night I was at Calvary Chapel for Saturday Night Life, and I even got to play on the worship team a few times. I'd go to youth group at Believer's Chapel, and if they had a special event, they'd invite us as a youth or invite me to come, and I believe I'm part of the body of Christ. I fellowship with all of them. This is my home. I'm here. I need to be here with my family on a regular basis, not just because you pay me to. Before, long before that, this was my, this was my home. Whatever church you're in, that's the home that you, you support and you're part of the family. So we raise the bar and we know that as a member, we belong to this body, to this family. We say things, I will support this family and I'll be part of the family. I'll contribute to helping my family grow. I'm going to help around the house as the wise sages Lilo and Stitch said, Ohana means family. Family sticks together. And it is really true. Families need to stick together. We're part of family. We should encourage one another. Love one another. Bear one another's burdens and bear with one another. Something about family. Everyone has one or two in their family that you just bear with. You haven't divorced them. I mean, you've thought about killing them. <laughs> Everyone who laughed has at least one. <laughs> but we didn't. Because we're family. And you bear with them and you go, here we go, another Christmas. Another holiday. But even in those myths, there's something about that that's like, but I'm committed and I'm connected to them and they drive me crazy. But they're my family. We need to get that view of the church being the family. This is our house. This is our family, so we shouldn't say, I sure wish Dad would have shoveled better. He knew we were coming. Why didn't he clear off my parking place? Instead, wouldn't a part of the family say, you know what, I'm going to get to the house before the rest of the visitors show up. I'm going to get shoveled. We're family. Changing the, the thinking. Membership, membership means when I'm in trouble, I expect my family to care for me. Which is so true. But it also means that I better tell them about my trouble. Because mind reading doesn't run in our family. So you can't sit at home and go through troubles and go, why isn't anyone calling me? You need to tell. You know, we, one of our brothers, when he's in trouble, he calls us. He says, can you send us a few bucks? Can you send me a few bucks? If I expect my family to care for me, I better in turn help care for the members of my family. Because we are a family. We, don't, we didn't raise freeloaders. We're in this together. There's going to be times I'm down. There's going to be times I'm up. When I'm down... Pray that you're there to support me, but when I'm up, I better be supporting others. 
We should be on that path to getting healthy, to maturing. Even as in our family, Shannon and I try to raise our kids to mature and to, we really, Pastor Jerry Homme years ago, we went through a parenting class with him and he says that the goal of parenting is to raise children to, to not just maturation, but to where they don't need you anymore. You're teaching them how to be adults. You're not raising children, you're raising adults who know how to function. That's what we need to be doing here. We need to be growing to know how to function and how to live. So some, some would say, well, can't you do all of those things without membership? And the answer is yes, you can. Everything I've just said, you can do without being a member. You don't have to have membership in a church. But for some, having that, not having that mutual commitment leaves too much wiggle room. We need that idea. Some of us really need it that says, this is it. I'm committed. I, I signed. I'm going to show you and read to you. I signed that. I'm part of the family. I'm committed. They're committed to me. So we choose to continue to do membership for that reason. Because sometimes without that extra commitment, we say, you know, I just don't feel like it. Somebody hurt my feelings. I don't like those pants that Pastor Rob keeps wearing. He's too casual for me. I think membership can help define and strengthen the covenant relationship. It, it really says this is who we are. This is what we believe. This is what we do. This is what we practice. This is what we do when people aren't practicing the things that they've committed to do. And we're in agreement in that relationship. So it's another step in attendance of not just going, I really enjoy the church and I, I like the messages. It's saying I'm committed. I'm committed to the people here. I'm committed to the vision here. I'm committed to the doctrine and the beliefs here. We're in agreement. It's kind of like a marriage. There's two more questions that have come up. And if there is, if there is no biblical requirement to belong to a local church, and a lot of people say there is nothing in the Bible about being part of a member of a church, and you're right. That's why I said you don't have to be a member. But we do it for a reason. And one of the, the two more reasons here, if there is no biblical requirement to belong to a local church, then which leaders should an individual Christian obey? Let's go to Hebrews 13. Think about this for a second. Hebrews 13, 17. I've got to hurry. It says, Obey those who rule over you and be submissive, for they watch out for your souls. I'm going to stop right there. Obey those who rule over you. If the, one of the reasons we do membership is because who's going to rule over us? Who do we obey? There's 20, 30 churches in Big Bear. Do we obey all the pastors and all the elders of all the churches? There is some wacky ones out there. Which rulers do you obey according to Hebrews 13? They're Christians. They're elders. They're pastors. Do you obey them? Which one should we submit to? Do we just get to choose? Well, we do. You can choose. But I believe that there's the idea that there are specific leaders in the church that you are attending. Those one God has established. If you're not happy with the leadership, then that's not the church you should be. Don't ever continue to attend a church and, and become a member of a church that you don't trust the leadership and don't agree with what the leadership is doing. 
So that was one of the questions. Which leaders, if I, if I don't belong to a local church, which leaders should I obey and submit to? And then an, a, another one for me personally is, who will I as a pastor give an account for if there's not membership on the level of who am I accounting for? Do I, get, do I have to account for every believer in Big Bear? Because they could all be part of our local church. We're a small enough community that we could have one local church. So do I have to be accountable for what every believer in Big Bear does because God has called me to be a pastor? So that means I need to find out what every small group is doing, even if it's part of another church, because I'm going to be accountable for that. The Bible says I'm to, to be accountable for those that are under my care. So one of the reasons that we have membership is to really solidify that, that says this is the body that I'm submitted to the leadership and membership in. And that helps us to know that I'm accountable for you and responsible for your care. And we choose and we, we give part of that care out to life group leaders, but we don't even relegate all of it to them. We're closely connected. We want to know how you're doing. And so being a member is one of the ways we do that. You could, you could also just come and say, this is my church and I'm, I'm opposed to membership. And, and that's, that's a stance and that's okay. But we need to know somehow, are you visiting do you just enjoy attending sometimes, or are you committed as a believer? And are we supposed to help you grow, which means sometimes it's going to get uncomfortable. Because we'll come and we'll say, hey, you know, I'm concerned about you. What's going on in this area of your life? And you have that same ability to go to other believers. And, and the Bible tells us to do that. Part of the one another's, even outside of membership, is to, to live a life like that. But so that's part of the reason we have church membership. So we, we're the body, we're locally organized, part of the universal body of Christ. And this morning we're going to receive some new members. And these, we've talked about membership with them. They've been attending for, for, a, for a time. All of them have been here for at least a year. They know the vision of the church We've gone over even doctrinal statements and the member covenant. I want to read that. Because this is one of the things that we do here at Christian Center. As a member, we have a member covenant, and the elders and the member both sign this. And it says, The elders of Big Bear Christian Center enter into covenant relationship with you. We solemnly accept this charge before God and this congregation, committing ourselves to your spiritual welfare and protection and by God's grace to serve you and be available at all times to the best of our ability. The member, as a born-again Christian, belonging to the universal body of Christ, I hereby publicly identify myself with Big Bear Christian Center, accepting the privileges, responsibilities, and discipline of a committed member. I pledge by God's grace to be loyal to each member of the body and to serve them by living a life in accordance with the standard of the Word of God. It's simple, but it's not actually easy because we're kind of, like I said, getting married. Remember before you got married? Just, oh, man, this is going to be so great, so easy, and it's going to be wonderful. And then you went, wow, this isn't always so great. It's not always so easy, but it is still wonderful. Hopefully you have that. It's not always easy. You realize that, that you don't have your own space like you used to. You don't get to keep your own hours like you used to. You don't have all the freedoms, but there's so many more blessings that come become more full. That's what I believe that happens when you are part of a body of Christ. 
And you can be part of the body without being a member. I don't want to make anyone feel that they're not part here of us. But it just it raises that, that commitment, that, that ability to expect and to believe and to hold one another accountable. So for those, and you know who you are, who've been praying and have determined to become a member of Big Bear Christian, so I'm going to ask you to just come forward and, and, and walk the aisle this morning. We almost lost one. Almost. <laughs> he was probably doing a skit next door. I was. <laughs> <laughs> I thought we were in the bathroom. <laughs> it's great. I didn't lose any this time. <laughs> you know, these, each of these people, and, you know, let's, let's just do this. Let's introduce yourself in case someone doesn't know you. We'll start over here. Uh, I'm Corey Ford. Um, my three kids are in there, and I was just actually explaining not to break. <laughs> what else do you want? Do you want to share anything? Uh, yeah, I uh, I was called to this church just about two years ago. I was actually uh, attending Pastor John Dunn's church, fighting for my kids. And I had the looks for something else for my children, so I was in prayer. No, no, no. No. <laughs> no. So I was... Uh, here I was, uh, and I'm going, well, their, their children's ministry just wasn't what I needed for my kids. So I was praying, and uh, I was invited over here to a potluck, and been here ever since. Right. <laughs> it was the food. <laughs> That's great. That's great. So he, he joined our life group, and we've grown together, and, and uh, he's now leading a life group, which we, you know, he did it backwards. He's led before he was a member. He's leading a life group. It's exciting. And so, who, who, who is this young lady? <laughs> I'm Jane. It's not out. Oh, they're going to turn on right now. You guys know me. <laughs> I'm Jane Frisbee. Those of you who have kids, I really love your kids. <laughs> they're awesome. Um, I came here, I just barely squeaked in about this one-year thing, by the way. I was here one year ago. Um, and, you know, I, I was ready to sign the paper that week because this is the first church, and I've been to all of them. This is the first church in Big Bear that I walked in and I immediately felt the presence of the Holy Spirit and in the teacher because he was teaching that week. Um, it was just incredible, the wave of the Holy Spirit that just enveloped me when I walked in here. And I tend to be um, <clears throat> rather isolated and independent and self-sufficient, and these are not good qualities for a Christian. <laughs> but those of you who know me know that that's true. Um, this, this to me is a step of obedience where I actually let you in. And I actually allow you to care for me and take care of me. Um, that was something that I, I kept expecting you to say, allow instead of expect. You know, I'm allowing you to take care of me, and that's a big, big step for me. So uh, I look forward to getting to know you guys. And, you know, it's just uh, God gave me a wonderful verse um, from Psalm 27 on New Year's Eve. Not at midnight, but in the morning when I was reading my Bible. And it said, uh, 
Now I have to remember what it was. <laughs> well, it's, it goes back to, can I get, can I use mine? Because I want to get it right. I need my glasses, sorry. Uh, I remember it now. I would have lost heart had I not believed that I would see the goodness of the Lord in the land of the living. Since I have been at this church, the goodness of the Lord has been so abundant to me, especially in terms of provision, because I was really financially hurting when I started here. And uh, his goodness in this place and with these people, this past Christmas has been kind of tough for me because it was the first time my daughter came home from college. And for those of you that have been through that, maybe you know what I'm going through. But uh, I kind of feel like I lost her. And so God was reminding me on New Year's Eve that he's going to show me his goodness this year in the land of the living and renewing my hope. And part of that is a commitment to this body. So I look forward to that. We should share together as a team. <laughs> Thank you. It was a year ago, actually it was before a year ago, when the Lord really led us up to Big Bear, and we thought we were just going to have a vacation home, and the Lord kept saying, no, I'm bringing you here. I'm bringing you here. And then we thought, okay, we need to start looking for a church home. So we were visiting a number of different churches, and I had this envelope that had um, names of churches and addresses and times that they began. And writing things on envelopes is not the most efficient way to write things down. Because <laughs> we went, this was, um, we had several other churches we visited, and we were finding a church that was 10 o'clock in the morning, except it turned out to be, when we got there, the service started at quarter to 11. We thought, we don't want to wait till quarter to 11. I know, here's a church that starts at 10.30. And so we thought it was this one. <laughs> and we came in, walked in at 10.30, and we thought, boy, they started early. And then before we knew it, it was, it was over. And, the pastor, <laughs> and Pastor Jeff was so wonderful and gracious, and all of you were so warm and welcoming, even though we missed the service. We <laughs> well, not all of it, just majority of it. We just felt the presence of the Lord here. We said, we need to come back here. We need to come back here again. We said, we'll be here at 10 next, next week. And Pastor Jeff was so nice to say, um, try 9.30. <laughs> so we did. And when we came in, we both knew the Lord spoke to both of us together and said, this is your home. And then before we could leave the sanctuary, another member who is not here now, has moved away, said, God spoke to me to tell me you're our replacement. And we just said that's the confirmation that we knew. And we've never felt so much a part of a family and a home as we do here. And although we are working down the hill during the week, we're anticipating and looking forward to when we're up here all week long but we pray for you and we're part of you even when we're not, we're not physically up here. And we can't wait till we do come up here so we can be in fellowship with all of you. And we love you so much. And thank you. I think I'll uh, try not to cop out here. But uh, as you can see, she's the verbal one. 
<laughs> but uh, we definitely feel like it's important to be submitted to the fellowship that we choose to attend. We feel so blessed to be part of this fellowship, part of each one of your lives. And we hope that you will each want to be part of our lives and to have that mutual edification, that we can be the iron that sharpens each other and really raise each other up in those times when it's needed. So we're just so blessed to be here. And thank you. One more thing. And I'm so sorry. I kept mentioning Pastor Jeff because we first came. Pastor Jeff was pastor, and now Pastor Rob is. And one of the things that the Lord has really put on our heart is the importance of the unity of the body and really supporting leadership. And we so affirm everything that's happened and support Pastor Rob and want to really be a part of of it just watching what God will do here and and yielding to leadership. One of the, the neat things, all of them are, are serving the Lord already, and, and, and Jane's been our bookkeeper now for six, eight months. Um, they've been working they're, you know, working in sound and media and, and just wanting to, to grow, and Corey's been in the worship team, and and that's what part of the body is. We, we serve together. We look for needs. You know, Norm and, Norm and Susan, they, you know, they're, they're doing the, like I said, the media. And they're so gifted. They're both have been in ministry and have served God. And they're mighty, mighty in prayer. And um, you know, I think Susan's working on her second master's degree in ministry and theology. And, and they're, they're incredible. Yet they come and they, they do our sound and they put words on the wall. And they're just faithful to serve, and they've been a great example already. And this this house is, exists because of the members doing what they do, coming and fixing and, and cleaning and serving. So I'm going to ask the, the elders that, that are here this morning to come, and we're going to receive and pray over them. And, and, and uh, as we do, let's commit our hearts one to another again. If you're not a member yet, we, we've, we only do this about once a year. We can do it more often as needed, but um, we're all part of the body of Christ. That you're not excluded by any way, but we're going to receive them, pray over them, and, and be dismissed. Amen, John. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, God. Thank you, Graciousness of your power working in and through them to minister to others. Lord, 
obviously, as an elder, this body will receive them in this membership that they want to be affixed to us. In Jesus' name. Graciousness to Jane, as a parent, and I thank you for your tremendous love for her. Lord, I pray that you will continually strengthen her in her being. Father, for all spirit, soul, and body, that health and life will flow through her. And Father, as you've blessed her hands for work, and that you cause her to be able to do things. Father, when in agreement with your spirit, I pray again that you will help her to not be lost in the doing. As she's becoming who you are to be. Thank you, God, for the walks in the forest. Thank you for the communion that you have with her. May it be revelatory, constant, expanding her in the spirit and the power of your love in Jesus' name. covenant together with him to care for one another to love one another to bear each other's burdens mm -hmm. God we ask for help and guidance as his elders and leaders to help him to grow to give him the encouragement and teachings God we thank you for his part in the body we pray that each part of the body would be part of his life as he's come and even as we've talked he's not just coming as a, as a new member but he's committing his children into the care of this community asking for help and guidance with his children God causes the body of Christ to support and love and encourage and Lord we look forward to more and more giftings being released as you would use him to expand the kingdom of God and release him into the things that you have for him. Thank you, God, for his ministry, for his life, for his part of the family that he is. to tell you again today and remind you that the path you're on is a path that he's chosen and your footsteps are ordered of the Lord. The Lord wants to speak to you and say that you've been obedient. Your heart has been right and the Lord knows it. And he's going to breathe upon you. And in the strength of his spirit, he's going to make it possible for you to do things that you could never do before. 
is going to enlarge your capacity. It's going to be surprising. It's not going to be that which is outward, that which is inward. That by His Spirit within you, there's going to come a strength to do the impossible. Not necessarily the miraculous for the external viewing by others. He's going to give you a heart of a servant, the ability to wash the feet of others in ways that were unseen by man, but always noticed by the Father. And as you're constantly obedient to him, even in the service of your children, God's going to reward you openly. He's going to bless you beyond measure. He's going to make you a man of stature, a man of esteem in the house of the Lord and in the community where he places you. Keep your heart humble. Guard your heart with all diligence for it flows the wellspring of life. And Father, I thank you for your word this morning. And I pray that you would watch over it to perform it, that you will bond it into his spirit. Lord, whether he remembers the words or not, or whether we do, may they come to pass in your will. Be done in Jesus' name. Amen. I would urge each and every person in this body to get closely acquainted with each of these people. There is phenomenal background and history in each of these persons. We are so blessed to have each and every person here becoming a member of this body of Christ. Draw close to them and you will be blessed in amazing ways. Let's welcome them. Love one another. Uh, on the little table out in the in the hallway is some scriptures of, of the one another scriptures. So feel free to grab those 59 things of how we're supposed to love. Bear with one another on your way out. Gather together this week in a life group. Keep loving. I can say it is well. Jesus has overcome. And the grave is overwhelmed. The victory is won. Hey, can I uh, can I give you a little bit of a parting shot here? Um, 